Hey everyone, Kathleen Carnally here. We are beginning a brand new chapter today, James chapter four. Yes, it is very exciting. And I just wanna thank you guys who have been going week by week, verse by verse with me. We have passed the midway point. We only have two chapters to go. And whether this is your hundredth time going through a book of the Bible or maybe your first, Either way, it's always so exciting to complete a book of the Bible because every time it's got so much wisdom and knowledge for us and we grow in Christ. So today we're going to be talking about some pretty interesting stuff. We're going to be talking about fightings and disputes and where those things stem from and also many more things. So go grab your Bible, a pencil, maybe a notebook. I've got my uke right here and I'll open us up in song. Thank you for your grace Thank you for your plans for me Thank you for the change That's happening deep inside of me Yeah, For I'm so grateful Beyond words could say Yeah, yeah Here I am to thank you today Thank you for your grace, ooh, thank you for your plans for me, thank you for your touch, ooh, and all that you've prepared for me, yeah, for I'm so grateful beyond the words could say, yeah, yeah, here I am to thank you today. Thank you for your plans for us, God. Thank you for a brand new chapter today. Father, fill us with your word and teach us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We give you all the glory and praise forever. In Jesus' name, amen. So open up your Bibles to James chapter 4, and we'll pick it up in verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? So James is fully addressing here the fights and the disputes that are happening in the body. And he says, where do you think this is coming from? And, and he, he gives an answer. He says, even of your lusts that war in your members, which is in your body, even the lust that's happening in there is what's causing stuff and wars to happen out here. He's saying the war begins on the inside. And then as we know, the body eventually follows suit. Over the last few weeks, we've been studying how what is in the heart eventually affects what comes out of the mouth, which then in turn affects the whole body. And it's the same concept. It's just like this with warfare. When there is war going on in here because of lust or bitterness or envy or strife, then that war inside will eventually manifest on the outside and it will cause issues with others. But when you don't give in to the desires of the flesh and you allow the Holy Spirit of God to rule and reign in your lives, in your heart, in your body, then you will have that peace that passes all understanding in here. And when you have that in here, that will affect out here as well. It will affect how you act. It will affect how you respond. And the cool thing is, is even when the outside, our peace is affected because of maybe war or fightings or disputes or whatever coming from our environment, we can still have that peace in here because that is not shaken. 
Remember, spiritual warfare is real, and it's much less physical than it is spiritual. The battle begins in the heart and in the mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 4, says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Look at this, verse 5, casting down imaginations. The Bible defines imaginations as the thoughts of the heart. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. So we see the heart and we see the mind, our thoughts. This is Spiritual Warfare 101. For one, casting down any wicked or evil imaginations or thoughts of the heart, as well as anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then number two, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So Spiritual Warfare first starts in here. And when we have our heart in check and our mind and our thoughts in check, then our actions follow. We then read in verse 6, And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience, when your obedience is fulfilled. So now you can walk in obedience to God, and your obedience in Christ won't be grievous anymore. You won't have that struggle and that war out here. Because with the warfare here and here, the flesh submitted and surrendered because you already fought it and won in here. Instead of warring in your own flesh to do good, now the Spirit of God will lead you in victory. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And now spiritual warfare happens on the outside of the body, and you can war and you can take ground and be victorious. And the Bible tells us, be sure to have on that whole armor of God with the sword of the Spirit, with the shield of faith, with the helmet of salvation, and the list goes on. Because you aren't wrestling with flesh and blood anymore. It's against spiritual wickedness and darkness in high places in this world. May we be the ones that have done all to stand. But going back to James chapter 4, verse 1, James is explaining how they're still warring in their flesh. They are not overcoming by the power of the Spirit, but allowing fleshly desires and lust to war against the Spirit and soul. This ought not to be. First Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. So Peter is pleading with the reader here, reminding them whose they are and who they are called to be. 
and the importance of abstaining from fleshly lusts that war against the soul. This is the same war that James is addressing back in chapter 4, verse 2. He says, Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. So they are turning to the flesh to fulfill their desires rather than turning to the living God. Kind of like how you might have seen a little kid, if they know that one parent doesn't allow something, then what do they do? Do they just accept it? Sometimes they go to the other parent to see if they can get what they want. Well, that's what's happening here with the people of God turning to the world to fulfill their fleshly desires. However, the Bible tells us when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He will give us the desires of our heart. And why would that be? Because when we delight ourselves in God, our heart's desires change. We're being led of the Holy Spirit. We want the things that He wants for us. So yes, He is so glad and so pleased to fulfill those things or answer those prayers that we ask. 1 John chapter 3 talks about the same thing, starting in verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So when we ask according to his will and his good pleasure, he wants to bless us. He wants to give us those things that we ask. He is a good father. And there's many more scriptures that talk about this. But we're going to go back to James chapter 4. And in verse 3, James is addressing why these people are not getting the things that they ask. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. So they're asking for selfish gain. Their desire is intimacy with earthly things and the things that this world esteems. Verse 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. He calls them adulterers and adulteresses because they're giving their hearts and their desire away to another. We even see this in the natural when a spouse gives his or her affections to someone outside of the marriage. The love that they had for their spouse begins to fade and eventually is no longer in them. And like it says here, it can eventually even end up becoming enemies. 1 John chapter 2 says, starting in verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Someday this world and the lust of it will pass away with a fervent heat and all the works that are in it. We don't want to follow in that way. May our hearts be fully devoted to the lover of our soul. And I leave you with this. 
2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord or what agreement hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And may that be our portion in Jesus' name. And as always, don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave comments or prayer requests in the section below. And I promise when I see them, I will pray. Love you guys. I'll see you soon. Be prepared to live.